Hi, welcome back to the neighborhood. I'm Doug Scott, your host here at Tales from Second Street. As you may recall in the tale, Honey, Do We Really Need a Boat? Joey and Kelly wrestled with the practicality of boat ownership. Joey and the kids pro, Kelly, the sane one, offered the one dissenting vote. After the debacle that characterized the maiden voyage of the Missport City, everything was again on the table. At least at this point, they had a boat and a trailer. What's their next step? Sell it? Sink it? Without further ado, and from a safe distance, we'll visit Joey and Kelly and their continuing saga as they sailed the troubled waters of boat ownership. I hope you enjoy the tale. Are you nuts? Well, I think men often get less than supportive responses like this when they float new ideas to their spouses, partners, co-conspirators, even their psychoanalysts. I'll bet Hitler got that kind of reaction when, as a kinder, he told his mother at dinner that all he wanted was world domination. All she asked him was if he'd like more Wiener Schnitzel. Sometimes all you want is a semblance of support. Like, what would it have hurt if Mother Hitler said, well, that's nice, 80, instead of giving him a good swift boot in his lederhosen? You know what I mean? Just a little kindness. One of the less savory events in my life was recounted in a podcast here at Tales from Second Street entitled, Honey, Do We Really Need a Boat? It was my first experience as a boat owner, far less fulfilling than I had anticipated. In fact, I defy you to find any hint of fulfillment in my description. My wife Kelly's judgment was spot on in her skepticism about the venture. She said it was all too complicated. Her idea of buying a boat, she said, was looking at what it had, not what it didn't have. She couldn't forget the facts that number one, it had no trailer and had to be hacked out of the trees in Marty's yard. Marty's the guy I bought the boat from. I annoyed her into allowing the idea to come to fruition. After I liberated the 17-foot aluminum beauty, and it was a beauty, from its home in my neighbor Marty's backyard, we jungle, the idea of not having a trailer with this thing became a cold, hard reality. The trailer issue began several years ago when Marty loaned the trailer to his son Dom so Dom could start a business selling firewood. <laughs> right. Okay, right, Dom wants to sell firewood, so Dad, can I borrow your boat trailer? Anyway, don't ask. I had to find a trailer. The problem is that usually people with brains who sell their boats usually sell them together, boat and trailer. Hard to find one without the other. The trailer is the boat's ride when it's on land. As one would expect, the loss of the trailer significantly curtailed Marty's boating experience. He couldn't cart the boat down to the creek with his pinto. This accounted for the camouflaged vessel lying in the bushes all those years. Anyway, since there was nary a trailer in sight, I ended up buying a trailer kit from Sears. When it came, I found that it had at least 10 million pieces. I asked my buddy Greg to build the trailer for me, and since he likes doing that kind of thing, and I stink at it, 
he went to work and he did a great job. Trailer built, we were on our way. Launch day came amid growing excitement and a grudging acceptance from Kelly that the glory of boat ownership could end up amounting to something worthwhile. The excitement dimmed considerably, however, when it turned out that the engine was missing what we boaters referred to as a shear pin. The engine roared, but due to the shear pin issue, it failed to engage with the propeller. All the engine did was belch acrid pink smoke and make hellish noises. As an encore, we nearly lost our boat, brand new trailer, and the car. When I backed the trailer too far down the damn ramp and the trailer's tires dropped off the edge. When I tried to pull forward, the car's tires merely spun on the green slime-coated ramp. For spice, each attempted acceleration caused the car to slide backwards. Behold the shitstorm. Of course, that piece of drama was eclipsed earlier by the vision of my three kids hopping up and down, yelling in horror, as my wife standing bewildered in our boat, engine screaming, sheer pinless, drifting ever rapidly in the watery clutches of the creek as the tide changed. Fortunately, we were able to lasso Kelly and we pulled her and the boat to safety at the creek bank this is a true story, mind you. Our car, trailer, and boat were rescued by a murray band of raving stoners who, without hesitation, dove into the treacherous current and engineered the pinned-down trailer tires up onto the ramp. So, there you have it. Boat Ownership 101. Don't. Undeterred, after a week or two, we recovered from the trauma, <laughs> the trauma the trauma of our initial launch. Marty felt responsible for the fiasco, so I decided not to murder him. We soldiered on and made plans for our second launch. We always enjoyed fishing and crabbing off the causeway on LBI, so we decided we'd take the boat down there and paddle around in the bay. You know, what the heck, we have it. Who needs a motor, right? Kelly made lunches, I packed all our gear into the boat, and off we went. We used Route 72 to get to LBI. The road goes through the New Jersey Pine Barrens, so-called because if you've never been there, it's a sight to behold. There's a vast expanse of stunted pine trees that literally extend as far as the eye can see. It's really pretty amazing. I was surprised to hear so many peepers this time of the year. That's not typical for mid-July in this neck of the woods, anyway. I was wondering what was going on. Wow, they were really tuning up today. Our eldest child, Uhuru, shouted, Hey, Dad! Dad! Hey, Dad! Dad, look! What? Come on, I'm trying to drive here. Dad, come on, look! Our tires are on fire! The other two, Niobe and Orion, looked out their windows and immediately formed an impromptu chorus of high-pitched shrieking that got Kelly's attention, who joined the vocals. She was pretty much drowned out, though, because she was an alto and typically traded in lower register notes, so we could hardly hear her screaming. I could see her mouth open and something was going on. I pulled over and hopped out to see what was going on. Well, thankfully, the car's tires were not on fire. 
the trailer tires were burning. Oh, Poseidon, where is thy justice? Now what? First thought that came to mind was that I've got to rethink this whole Marty thing. I've got to go back and kill him. The good news, though, was that the smoke and acrid smell was not actually burning tires. It was like a little hysteria on all of our parts. They hadn't ignited yet. It was the trailer's wheel bearings. They must have been sitting in Sears' boat trailer depository for an eon because the mechanic who replaced them said there was no evidence that grease ever touched these things. We turned around and slowly ever so slowly made our way back home, bringing our own version of peepers along with us. The kids were moaning and muttering to themselves, and Kelly was glowering sitting there. There wasn't a lot of conversation, to say the least. All the excitement had made me hungry, so I asked Telly to pass me a peanut butter and jelly. Fortunately, my reflexes have always been really sharp, so... I managed to duck as the sandwich sail passed my head and splatted against the window. I was able to retrieve a piece of the sandwich. That Skippy Creamy, you know what, really, that is my absolute favorite. It took a little longer to venture back out with the boat. (laughs) This is a true story, folks. Let me tell you, this is true. The kids and Kelly all had that haunted look in their eyes as they boarded <laughs> as they boarded for our expedition. There was very, very little conversation in the car as we headed back down Route 72 to LBI and our anticipated launch site. I wondered if the kids had read the chart. <laughs> Oops. I wondered if the kids had read the charge of the light brigade in school, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. You know, it was kind of a stretch in this situation. <laughs> but I knew fear when I saw it. The trip went tremendously well, which translates to we actually got there free of mishaps. The boat launch was spectacular. I learned my lesson at the creek, so I knew to check the ramp's drop off point. All good. Kids in life jackets, fishing poles, crab traps, lunch, water, bait. <laughs> the carnival was set to rock and roll. I hopped in and put the oars in the oar locks and off we went. The bay was sheltered from the larger ocean swells, so the water had a, just a gentle rolling effect. It was really sweet. The day was typical August hot, with a gentle breeze drifting in from the west. With very few other boats in sight, it was like we had the entire bay to ourselves. It was wonderful. After about an hour of fishing, crabbing, and rowing around, we decided to have lunch. As we were feasting on peanut butter and jelly and assorted Fritos, chips, and Twizzlers, a large wooden clam boat with an elderly clamor emerged from the reeds. The helmsman smiled absently as he and his ark bore down on our craft. Kelly yelled at the sky. She said, hey, back off, bud. Steer away from us. But he continued on, smiling stupidly as he advanced steadily towards us. He cut his speed, fortunately, but it was entirely too late. I grabbed an oar and thrust it at his bow, averting a full-on collision. 
The kids were cool with only 11-year-old Uhuru yelling, Hey, mister. Hey, mister. Kelly was more vocal and hollered, What's up with you, bud? The clamor slurred drunkenly. My sincerest apologies, Lung. My sincerest apologies. Tide got me and it got ahead of me out of the turn. Want some clamps? Kelly's outrage turned to joy as the drunken sailor handed over a greasy burlap sack filled with soup clams. Visions of clam chowder danced in her head. He turned his boat and waved as he went on his way. I rode further away from the reeds and the dreaded Jersey greenhead flies. The most we caught that day was a grimy bag filled with soup clams, but we really had fun. I must have been rowing strenuously to avoid the clamor because at the end of our expedition, one of the oarlocks just snapped and I had to paddle back to the landing like I was in a canoe. Awkward, but doable. To prepare for our next expedition, we vowed to buy several sets of locks. Victory at sea. At last. We made many trips to that landing throughout the summer. We caught lots of crabs and no-keeper fish. We got tanned and fit, rowing our tub around the bay. People in slick boats with motors would sometimes pull up to us and say, well, how fun you guys must be having to be rowing instead of on a boat with a noisy engine like ours. <laughs> yeah, I thought as they effortlessly sped away. Such fun. I envied them. The lust for power grew. I no longer wanted to be El Marinado. I was aiming for Capitan. I longed for a motor. This next maneuver is going to require some skill and patience. Thus far, Kelly was enjoying our outings. We had all evolved into a routine. Kelly and I had it down pat. Food, gear, and wrangling the kids and whatever additional urchin was coming on a particular day. Each kid got to take one friend, but not on the same day. Lots of moaning and groaning about that, but the kids had to take turns bringing friends because why? Three of uh, three kids plus two adults plus potentially three additional kids. That'd stretch our safe capacity. As it was with the five of us and an additional one, we brought so much crap on these trips, our boat looked like our backyard on the water. All we needed was a doghouse and, and the dogs. I planned my lobbying campaign carefully. I sought out hidden persuaders, a la Vance Packard. I subtly encouraged the kids by mentioning the advantages of motors on boats. Like if a sudden terrible storm blew up, rather than dad rowing furiously and hoping upon hope that we could get to shelter in time, with an engine, the touch of a button and voila, we'd be on shore in a flash. Also, the good news was that Kelly was big into paella this summer, so the thought of abundant crabs was like music to her ears. The first mention of buying an engine drew unexpected, are you frickin' nuts? So, back to the drawing board. Fate sometimes intervenes. As it happened, the husband of one of Kelly's colleagues worked in an outlet that sold Guess what? Outboard motors, yes. I know, 
too much. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It actually happened. Kelly's colleague did the pitch, and all I had to do was not overreact. I had to be cool, almost disinterested when she brought up the subject. Another good thing was that we'd be getting a decent refund from the IRS this year. Oh, brother. Was I fortune's fool or what? Long story short, we got our motor. A snazzy little Johnson 25. Oh, my God. When we bought it, we actually got sticker shock because we, we paid as much for our first new car. I thought, what am I, nuts? <laughs> anyway, a little guilt's good for you, right? That's what my mother used to tell me anyway. Maybe, but a little goes a long way. We decided to do our trial run from a landing at a place called Forked River near LBI here in New Jersey. It was super exciting. We saddled up and again a flawless launch. I'm sure this must sound ridiculous <laughs> to inveterate boaters, but with our history, launches are accompanied by lots of finger crossing. There were a bunch of boaters out on the water that Saturday, many more than we were accustomed to. I was pretty nervous when we set out, but was reassured when the engine started on the first pull. It literally purred like a kitten, very large kitten, but it purred. There we were, the five of us, trolling down the bay. Niobe, our eight-year-old, was sitting proudly on the bow. I was crawling along, getting the feel of the boat and the new motor. When I thought I heard what sounded like a siren. What the hell, I thought. Kelly told me to look to port. I said, what? Port? What the hell are you talking about? Do you hear that siren, she said. Yeah, they're on your port, Captain Hornblower. It's your left. I said, oh, oh, right, there, there, there he is, on the left, the port side. It's the frickin' cops, I yelled. He's waving me over. What the hell's going on? The kids were all frightened. Kelly was fit to be tied. Gosh, we just left the landing. We have not been in the water for a half hour. I wonder if something's wrong with the boat. The skipper of the police boat was a purple-faced, enraged state trooper. He yelled through a megaphone, This is the state police! Pull over! Pull over! I looked at Kelly and asked, Did he just say pull over? She nodded and said, I think that's what he screamed. I can hardly understand him. I said, What the hell is he talking about? Pull over! Where the hell do you pull over in the middle of a bay? I yelled over to him, What are you talking about, pull over? What's the problem? He yelled back, Just turn off your engine and drop anchor. He was yelling so loud into his electronic megaphone that his speech was garbled. I had a hell of a time understanding what he was saying. I mostly heard, Like the announcements at Penn Station when they tell you what track your train's leaving on. I turned off the engine and dropped anchor. I was eager to do what the screaming maniac told me. Jesus, this guy was scary. He then yelled, Do you love that little girl? Now this was becoming more bizarre by the minute. I looked around. I said, What little girl? What are you talking about? He pointed at Niobe sitting up there on the bow, who at this point was crying her eyes out. 
I was becoming irritated with this thug's approach. I said, I don't get it, officer. Why are you stopping us and asking us these questions? He bellowed, no one rides on the bow without bow riders. I looked at Niobe and thought, oh, okay, I guess you need to have at least two people on the bow at all times. I was angry but didn't want to provoke this guy for fear he'd board our boat and eat our children. He roared on, if your little girl fell off, she'd be chopped the hamburger by the propeller. No one can ride in the bow without a bow rider. He finally ended his bizarre Q&A by asking for my license and registration, which I conveniently left in my car. He was able to run the registration anyway and determined I hadn't stolen the boat and had no previous charges for attempting to turn my children into hamburger. I tried speaking with him and explaining that this was the first time we were ever out with our new motor. Didn't realize there was a rule about where you were supposed to sit in boats, mea copa, mea copa, etc., etc. As before my family, I relinquished my manhood to this gorilla in a man suit, but to no avail. It all fell on deaf ears. No wonder, because he screams. He doesn't speak. This guy screams. Kelly oozed disgust amid her dizzying display of rolling eyeballs. At one point, I feared she must be having a seizure. But no, it was just a disgust at her sniveling husband's fruitless display of contrition. <laughs> right up to par, Officer Protect and Serve bellowed, No excuses, and proceeded to hand me a ticket for my violation that carried a huge fine. It appears that the Marine police think very dimly of guys who look at their children and don't appreciate their potential as hamburger. The trooper's boat pulled off in a roar and a gush of foam that left our little boat rocking. The only one not in tears was Kelly. Uhuru cried, Daddy, I thought the man was going to kill us. Why was he so mad about hamburgers? I felt ashamed and absolutely, utterly miserable. Kelly wouldn't even look at me. I croaked with as much enthusiasm as I could muster. Okay then, let's have some fun. Kelly screamed, are you nuts? Of course, that's what she always says. But then, are you out of your freaking mind? Fun, let's have fun. She was shrieking, uttering words in a language I couldn't even recognize. The kids were terrified, their mother had turned into that possessed kid from the exorcist. She yelled, turn this goddamn cursed, cursed piece of goddamn shit around. We're going home before something worse happens. I didn't argue. My manhood had been lost to the sea monster in the police outfit. I started the motor and turned back to the landing. We left the dock joyously with a party atmosphere and returned in less than an hour, looking like we had just been to a funeral. We had probably 45 minutes on this new, pretty pricey motor. At this rate, my bargain boat was destined to kill us, or at the very least bankrupt us. The kids were in various stages of hysteria, where Ryan, the five-year-old, whimpered, man in boat is kill us. I, I thought, what the, what the hell was that? I had about had it by now. I said, Orion, what the hell do you mean man and boat is kill us? What, are you from Czechoslovakia or something? Which made him cry even louder. <laughs> Kelly said, nice, Joey, nice job. 
I said, come here, Ryan. I'm sorry for yelling. I know it was pretty scary. Daddy was scared, too. Kelly said, Joey, it's not you. It's this freaking boat. I don't know about anybody else, but my sailing days are over. Now, I couldn't blame her. I've heard that bad things come in threes. Well, how about eights? I guess enough's enough. Poor Kel. She knew this was a bust from the beginning. By now, I think we've frightened the children enough. They have lots to share with their analysts when they grow up, and plenty of fodder for night terrors. This was supposed to be fun. You know, these days, people are always talking about making memories. You know, making memories. Lots of smiling faces and all that stuff. We made memories, all right. <laughs> God, did we ever. I think my family's feelings about the boat can be summed up in the sounds that went up on the day Miss Port City was towed out of the yard. Spiffy knew 25-horse Johnson and all. This has been another production of Tales from Second Street with me, Doug Scott. Stories of everyday people like you and me and our struggle to get through life with some shred of dignity. Easier said than done. <laughs> Remember, we're all in this together. Let us know what you think about Tales. While our website's evolving, feel free to connect with us on Facebook. In the meantime, take care of yourself.